whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew I've got you to lean on Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn, playwright, filmmaker, and professor of communications at American University. And I'm Megan Westman, dramaturg, writer, and information professional at the American University Library. And each episode we invite uh, someone from the theater who you'd see on stage, backstage, or in the house to discuss an original cast album they love. And today we're joined by singer, actor, teacher, and recording artist... Tracy Oliveira. Hi. Hey, Tracy, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. Tracy uh, is a regular performer in the D.C. area and appears a lot at Signature Theater. You're huge in Sherlington. I am. I mean, yeah. White people love me. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also see her at Arena Shakespeare Theater only in the Kennedy Center. And most excitingly for me, you were in the 2009 Broadway revival of Ragtime. And I saw you on TV. You did? At, at the, the Tony's. At the... Right? I was on TV at the Tony. Weren't you? Did you guys all sing about the Statue no, of Liberty? No, well, I no. That was um. That was at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what it was. Okay. Yeah. So I did see you on TV. Yes, you did see me on TV, just not that day. I was at the Tonys, but way, oh, okay. way, way in the way back. Way in the back. Yeah. yeah. The seat fillers didn't even come near us. And Tracy, you picked a cast album that I, did. I, I would not have chosen. I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> no uh, one ever guessed. No one ever guessed. What did you pick? I picked uh, "You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown." <laughs> Original. 1967. Not the revival. Not the revival. I'm looking into that. No, in fact, I have strong feelings about the revival. Right, that and I I'm excited. Will come up later. I'm hoping they do. So, what what is it about this album, really? My mom was a violinist, and she also lived in Yosemite National Park. Right after college, okay. I, I'm not sure of the details. No one is. She was in some like camp production of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. So we had the script as well as the record, and they lived together on the shelf. I think that's just where my mom stored it, but I I could read very early, and I used to follow along with the script and the lyrics, and I would act out all the scenes and sing all the songs. And it was the only musical album we had, I'm pretty sure. We weren't like a music theater... Oh, that surprises me. No, I mean, I, I grew up... My mom loved musicals. Like We would watch them when they came on TV, but that's the only musical that I remember owning a copy of. But I guess it was just the connection to that show. No, we had a lot of Beatles and, like, Diana Ross and okay. Hall and & Oates and stuff. We probably had The Sound of Music, and I know we had Barbara Streisand, and she sort of counts. Yeah. yeah. Later, when when I became interested in doing musicals, then we started quite a collection. Have you ever seen You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown? Once. Uh-huh. And it was, they did the revival version, and I didn't know the revival version. Ooh. Right, so I oh. went in so excited. So I knew it, it was it was at a kids' theater, so I knew it was going to be cut down. So I already knew they were cutting the book report, which is my favorite part. But oh. I know, right? But they had to squeeze it into forty five minutes or right. something. So that was cool. But when I went and they had, I just wasn't prepared. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Well, it's so so. <laughs> I I only knew the revival, uh-huh. and I went and downloaded the the original because I saw that you could, and it's got Gary Burkhoff as. 
Charlie Brown, and I'm a huge MASH fan, so yeah. that's hilarious. And Bob Balaban plays Linus. And, yeah. I mean, and I had never heard the original, and I was just startled by how kind of pared down yes. and simple, but then also charming yeah, it I, was. Yeah, I love it. Or, well, I think what I loved as a kid was that, like, it had characters I could relate to, mm-hmm. but it's not a kid's show at all. I mean, it's Peanuts, you know, it's all existential, ridiculous. But it, I could still relate to it as a kid, like the, you know... A uh, book report on Peter Rabbit, where she sits there and counts all the words. A uh, book report on Peter Rabbit. A book report on Peter Rabbit. A book report on Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit is this stupid book about the stupid rabbit who steals vegetables from other people's gardens. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 83 to go. That was awesome. And it also is written in a good range for kids to sing. So when you're five and you're like standing on, you know, the arm of the couch where you're not supposed to be standing and singing, you know, do you know something Schroeder at the top of your lungs? Like it's doable for a child mm-hmm. and the singers on it are not very good. They really aren't. Which for a kid is also awesome. Yeah. It's really funny it listening to it. Sets the bar really low. I, listening to it and hear like I really wanted to hear what Gary Berghoff sounded like singing. And he sounds like Gary Berghoff like a guy. talking. <laughs> yeah. He just does. He sounds like a kid. Just like yeah. he sounds like Radar. Like a just, guy. Just, how many... Uh, like orchestra, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? How big is the the musical accompaniment? Because it's, it's a piano. Usually like piano, bass drums or yeah, something. Yeah, so for, for this album, for the 1967 album, it's just piano, bass, and drums. And a lot of what people talk about with like the three different versions you can get is that that's the biggest difference is how the orchestrations fit in. So this one is unique in that, and that's true. If you do the original, if you do the revival, you get all of the new orchestrations. It reminded me a lot of the Fantastics mm-hmm. in that way because that's just what piano and harp. Throughout. Oh, yeah. They're it's just... a pretty simple. It feels like you're. What it felt like was I'm listening to a group of people put on a show kind of just around. Yeah, which is how it's supposed In a basement, sound, which is literally what the Fantastics was. Megan has some facts about the original production okay. that I wanted to, to pull out here. Oh, by the way, point. I yeah. did think my mother was the original Lucy. She had the script. Well, yeah, she had the script. <laughs> it didn't make sense to me why her picture wasn't on the album. <laughs> Like, did she? Did you voice this to her, or did she? Not for a long time. I sort of figured it out on my own. In fact, like I'm not sure she knows. Oh. I was pretty sure she played Lucy on Broadway, and may or may not have told some of my friends. So this, the production that we're looking at, is actually the off-Broadway production. Right. That's what the the album was created from. It did transfer to Broadway, but that was less successful than the off-Broadway, so that's what this came from. Um, it ran from March 7th, 1967 to February 14th, 1971 at Theater 80 at St. Mark's. Um, Which I'm a, assuming is no longer there. Did no, you, okay, no more. Yeah. Um, and it's an, a hard show to give a synopsis for, so bear with us if you are not familiar, but the show kind of represents an average day in the life of Charlie Brown, showing moments picked from all the days of Charlie Brown, which is something that uh, Clark Gessner, the man who wrote the lyrics and music, actually coined, meaning that we are giving you a little of all of Charlie Brown's days in one day. Um, we get a little Valentine's Day, a little baseball season. We get wild happiness to complete and total sadness, all mixed in with these lovely friends and Snoopy, our non-human friend. Um, and the show is really made up of short vignettes that lead into songs rather than a traditional book giving you a, a long-form plot kind of throughout. 
And so the lyrics and music are both by Clark Gessner, who originally wrote the vignettes, but as they got towards the actual production, uh, John Gordon helped to really create a book. So before the off-Broadway production really took off, there was no tangible book for the show. I also, in my research, read that the book was not actually written by anybody, that it's a pseudonym for the whole oh, production team. That's interesting. Yeah, that is not a real person. And wow. also in the original production is Joe Rap. Rap how do you, can you show me the name? Joe Raposo. Yeah. He wrote for Sesame Street. Right, who, but he mm -hmm. did incidental music, which I guess yeah. is probably all that yeah. stuff you hear during the monologues yeah. Yeah. I'm yes. going to wager. Um, Joseph Hardy directed. And Patricia Birch, I'm seeing over my shoulder, was yes. the choreographer, which is pretty hilarious later to do things like a lot of work with Hal Prince in, mm -hmm. in the yeah. 70s. Well, and it kind of depends on what you find because they bill her differently. So some news sources build her as the assistant director and some as the choreographer. So I'm intrigued to know what that actually I, was. I believe she directed Grease 2, the movie. I'm going to go out on a limb and say she did that. Grease T-O-O or Grease 2? No, 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 Grease 2. Grease Great. number Let's two. Let's just be clear. Yeah. Number two. Oh, no, with Michelle, <laughs> with Michelle Pfeiffer. Great. Um, yeah, I believe that's true. I'll cut it out if it's not. <laughs> um, so it's it's kind of a it's a funny small show that ran forever until I it, didn't know it ran so long. It ran forever and ever. It toured. It transferred to Broadway and ran for like thirty performances. Literally, it's yeah, like I twelve previews and fifteen performances or something like that. And it, it's just this. It's it's a kind of a one of the reasons I got to say that I didn't pick it for you. Like in my head, uh -huh. I didn't, it blew me away when you said that. Because I knew when he got it that it had to be the original, not the revival, because yeah. we were in college when the revival came out, um, was that it is such a small show, and you are not a, a small personality no. person. You are, you are a, you know, so... You no, but the little shows are my favorite in a lot of ways. Like, the Fantastics, I... Sometimes I, I get really emotional yeah. about the fact that I have aged out of the Fantastics, because I don't approve of Mother's... As fathers, I was gonna say you could play no, one of the. You could play I, one I, of the actors. I don't support that. You don't support that? <laughs> no, I don't. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the old actor as a lady. Yeah. might be fun. Absolutely, you someday. Yeah, I'd have to get real old first though. I don't think and so. play her like Elaine Stretch. You could play the mute. Also. Pantsless, you mean? No, I don't approve of that. <laughs> well, look, to play the parts I want to play in that show, I'm, right. I'm done. I'm I've down. been done for a long time uh -huh. for Louisa. My Louisa window. Louisa's closed. sixteen in the show, right. and I know she's like. But right, I stopped Louisa's singing much more about 15 years ago, and it wow. was it was a stretch at that point. This is part to me of a wave of off Broadway shows that were these sort of tiny, big chamber basement shows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but, but you're right, basement shows like they were less than. Yeah, they were just this, they were nothing, yeah. and they were these huge hits. I mean, these shows were massive yeah. and still are performed. Yeah. around yeah. the country. It's a top 10 most performed for like regional theaters and for high schools and well, for middle school. Like it's literally easy to anything. Cast. Anyone yep. you don't have to be a good singer. Nope. I just think like I mean I love big musicals. I love them. Mhm. Mm but I, th there's something about the intimacy. I used to try to make all my friends do shows with me. So so the idea of that let's do show the things that we have. Sure. I mean, I love that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's it's and you, you say that the sort of small one thing that that struck me looking at the album art is that it claims that it was recorded during a performance on the album. It says recorded during a yeah, performance. Yes, it it's live, I think. Well, see, the or, thing is I think that that can't be true first of all because you hear Right. Nothing no. from yeah. the audience. And I'm not even talking about laughter or applause. I'm not even talking about like seats shifting. You yeah. would hear all that. Mm -hmm. 
But I think what they what actually happened is they probably recorded it on the stage. That would make a lot of sense mm-hmm, to me because mm-hmm. they wouldn't have like it's just cheaper. You just bring yeah. in the the mics and you have and them do it, it live on stage yeah. straight, probably in like one take each song. There isn't a producer credited on the recording either, so that sort of uh, reinforces yeah. that yeah. idea to me that it was just this was the cheapest way yeah. and probably a very profitable way to do it. So I want to ask though, what is your favorite song? Okay, what was your favorite? Let's start. What was your okay. favorite song as a child? When I was a child, it was a toss. It would have been a toss up, and it probably still. The answer is probably the same. Sure. Well, right, but you get that look uh, on your face, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Because I think when you're a kid listening to these things, okay. Like when you, I was a kid, I, um, Lucy's song to Schroeder. Do you know something, Schroeder? this like sense memory of that song and her voice and I remember thinking that song was very romantic <laughs> well it is I mean hang on let's defend little you for no, a second it's true. because it is Moonlight she's, Sonata she's, she's singing she's being romantic and I remember yeah. thinking how romantic that was yeah. and it never occurred to me I was too young to understand satire right what has the greatest I mean the last line of that song my aunt Marion was right Never try to discuss marriage with a musician. So that, that was, was the one. and uh, and book report. Yeah. Okay. And does that does that retain book report? Yeah, book report definitely. Yeah. Um, Schroeder. I mean, I will always have love for it, but it's it's not it's not my favorite. I think the baseball game. Mm. That was that always one so of my favorites as a kid. Sad. Now, but I think it is so because sad. I have to say, having watched Peanuts movies as a kid, all mm-hmm. of them, and now since my son loves. Charlie Brown movies we've watched all I mean Arbor Day Charlie Brown I've seen that yeah. one wait that, that's a real oh, thing it's a real thing oh, and gosh. it's terrible that's um, amazing you're not elected Charlie Brown no. one of his favorites for a long time um, we have the four biggies the, the Thanksgiving one well on the Thanksgiving DVD is not on Thanksgiving it's on Halloween is you're not elected Charlie Brown it's the other feature all those DVDs have two oh, movies I have on that. them I didn't even yeah, know yeah. that oh yeah just look for the <gasps> other one he oh likes Christmas God. Time Again he likes the sequel Christmas not the original Christmas now he likes them both but the Christmas Time Again is the one he that. prefers there's 50 of these like, oh I did watch the car- we had it on Betamax oh there you go <laughs> I know nice. and I watched there we thank go. you Gen X Pound thank you good stuff um, yeah we had it on <laughs> Betamax and so I watched but, I watched the cartoon a lot so watching these as an adult with him I can't get over the fact that it is excruciatingly sad. Oh, Charlie Brown yeah. has the saddest life in the world. Charlie and Brown is like a little depressed kid. Yeah. He's lonely and bullied. And terrible. that song is the one song, because there's two songs that deal with that in the show. There's The Doctor is In, yep. which I love. That's I love my that favorite song, song in the show. And I because I like the arc of it from yeah. going like, I'm usually awful at parties and dances. I stand like a stick or I cough or I laugh. Or I don't bring a present, or I spill the ice cream, or I get so depressed that I stand and I scream. Oh, how can there possibly be one small person as thoroughly, totally, utterly, blah, 
as me. She gives him that little thing of like, you know, even though you're not good at anything and nobody yeah. likes you, you're still you. And that's interesting. And I find that like, okay, yeah. give yeah. me a little something. Yeah, no, it something. has a little like, it has a little, little, she's redeemed. Yeah. It's redeemed that she's saying like, you're passive aggressive and moody. It's not passive aggressive, right. but I always want to say. <laughs> I like passive aggressive. Because right? he's not passive aggressive. No, he's aggressive. not. You Getting to feel better already. You're a true friend, Lucy. A true friend. That'll be five cents, please. But the uh, <laughs> but the baseball one oh, is awful. Mm -hmm. Everybody hates him at the end of that. They all hate him at the end. <laughs> they try to rally in the middle. It's just well, they terrible. All make, and and the thing is, they all make mistakes. That's the thing that no, gets me. No, they're all awful. Lucy, I Howard, it's coming right to you. She caught it as easy as pie. Dropped it. I don't think it's good for a team's morale to see their manager cry. And they changed it in the revival, and that is that's the unforgivable revival change for oh, me. Oh, okay. Well, let's get right into that. Mm -hmm. So, what is the change in? So, the original is like do 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 do. Mm -hmm. Just this oompa, and it sounds like. Baseball. Dear mm -hmm. It sounds like a baseball game to me. Mm -hmm. It's very sort of nostalgic sounding. You'll never guess what happened today at the baseball game. It's hard to believe what happened today at the baseball game. I was the manager, Schroeder was catcher, and all of the team was the same. As always, but somehow or other, disaster struck at the baseball game. What they did in the revival is they, they like rocked it up a little and they took it out of three-quarter time. Mm -hmm. It's in it's in two or four. Oh, like wow. they made it like jazzy. Dear pen pal, you'll never guess what happened today at the baseball game. It's hard to believe what happened today at the baseball game. I was a manager, Schroeder was catcher, and all of the team was the same as always. But somehow or other, disaster struck at the baseball game. And when I saw it, right, I was like, <gasps> I literally gasped. And it's at a kid's show. Right, which is not the right place to There's get. There's children like, what are you doing? And I'm like, and I had friends in it, and I know they heard me, but I was, I was actually sad. Right. Well, and they, and by the end, the very end still was the same. Mm -hmm. After the, um, after all the stuff goes down, it goes into three quarter time. But yeah. when it started, I. I didn't even know what to do. I was just like, no, no, no. All right, so let's go to the let's talk one. about the revival for a second. So the revival happened in 1999. There was a Broadway, I thought original production, but now obviously, nope. and I know the Tonys have weird rules about that sort of thing, right, right, right. which are bananas. But that's another podcast. Um, but that there's the 1999. It was a concert originally, and then became 
right. a production and Andrew Lippa. Yes, who I love. Yeah, absolutely. And who has written some amazing my, He's written some of my music. favorite stuff in musical theater. Yeah, and he took it over and rescored it and added My Philosophy, which is the one yeah. song I think from the show that everybody knows. Yeah. Why are you telling me my new Beethoven, the Beethoven Day. Beethoven Day. Oh, yeah. he also which added, is a very good song. It is. And my song. philosophy is a good song too. I'm not like I'm not knocking. Then that Then he added song. a third song. It's the um, uh, it's it's the one they all sing together. The choir practice one. The um. Give me my pencil. That one. Yes, that one. No, that no. That, oh, that's, that's in the original. That in it's in the original. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I'm, that's just me. Oh, I like that part too. My yeah. mom and I used to sing that one in the in the. My family sang it. There were five of us. It really all kind of worked out well. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. Family singers. So he, he re it, he and he added a verse and a section to the opening. You could be King Charlie Brown. You could be King. Everybody says to me, You're a good man, Charlie Brown. Every voice in harmony. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. All I need is one more try. Gotta get that kind to fly. And I'm not the That no, part, that. I don't. No, he no. doesn't need a monologue. No, he doesn't. He has like ninety monologues <laughs> in, the, in the course of the show. He like, he adds more instruments. Yeah. It's a lot bigger production, yeah. and that's fine. You know, but but the reviews I read online, looking back, because I've only ever seen it. We produced at Center Stage at Catholic U. We produced the revival version in like two thousand one, and we did it in a lobby, and so it was very tiny, and it, so it, it was it was just a piano and like maybe a drum kit, and that was it. And having then listened to the cast album and seen pictures from the Broadway production, it's like a lot of empty, yeah. colorful yeah. weirdness. Yeah. And the reviews seem to reflect that. Yeah. But it's like, it's very, very, it's a lot of pomp and no substance. Yeah. And and I think pomp on Charlie Brown is not appropriate. I mean, I'm thinking of the comic strip itself, which has nothing going on. You know what I mean? Right. It's just making points with words. It's not it's really... It's always like, three it's, panels. It's yeah, always... Exactly. It's not known for its complexity. It was a big hit. I mean, and, and so it was a oh, limited God, run. Yeah. It was a huge album. Everybody had it. and Everyone had it. But it won a bunch of Tony Awards. What did it... So, Chris kind of. Won. Yeah, Kristen Chenoweth won and like all of the reviews I feel like basically said, meh, but Kristen Chenoweth is amazing and a star and magical and everything we could possibly say about And her. did Roger Bart win? Yes, Roger Bart won. Because I hear the, the reviews also talk about what a, like, amazing performance he gave as Snoopy, which, I mean, yeah. he's a great performer. I feel so like I Anthony that. Rapp was probably good. I mean, he's yeah, usually good. Yeah, he's a good Charlie Brown. Makes sense. He is kind of a Charlie yeah. Brown, kind yeah. of. Um, and it was also nominated for the 2000 Grammy for Best Musical Album, which the 1967 one was, and neither uh-huh. of them won. Well, the original lost to Cabaret. I yes. Saw it. What do you know what the... Annie, get your gun with Bernadette. Ah. Uh... So, like, Bernadette feels, but also... Yeah. Knows. That's probably a better album, though, I'm yeah. going to imagine. Like, yeah. it, it's, I haven't heard that album, yeah. but there's nothing to shout about with the good... The, no. I mean, because to me, if, you have a tr- if you've got the two in your hand and they cost... I would even pay more for the original. I think the original... The one oh, God, yeah. Is, ...is so yeah. much... 
so much more charming and sweet. And it's got yeah. a couple scenes on it, which I'm not always a it huge does. fan of on cast albums. Yeah, but, but in a show about a comic book, well, and they score a comic them. strip rather, and like they're underscored, mm-hmm. and like I just think, yeah, that's one of the things I like so much about that show too. Is like just the like they put in um, at least on the record that I have her speech about like. Queen Lucy. And I shall yes. be queen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that was on there. And yeah. then, um, like, the they're well, both they, hers. I think like the see this like these five fingers all together. You know, are not individual. Well, they have nothing. a they have a the sort of what they call peanuts potpourri section, yes. which is just like a three minute series of the. Oh, of is them, that what it is? Like acting out comics for for three minutes. They like and they're like little teeny vignettes mm-hmm. with an underscore. And there's oh, one yeah. other track that is all talking um oh the red baron they do the, the whole snoopy red baron which is monologue. the only part as a kid that i always skipped really me too i hated that part as a kid like and i just thought it was so boring and now i think it's awesome yeah my family totally didn't get it they all loved all the snoopy stuff and i thought the red baron was I so always boring. every time red every time snoopy yeah. or the red baron came up in any of the movies and any of the anything, I would always be like, nope. sure. Um, the Red Baron was the Act Two opener until the revival. The revival took it out, and that's where my new philosophy goes in. Now, well, so oh. yeah, that's an upgrade if you if you ask well, me. Well, so that's interesting. You say the Red that it took the Red Baron out. Yeah. Because when we did it, we left the Red Baron in. It was performed as a monologue. I don't remember where in the show because it's hard to keep track of how these things go. Well, maybe they left it because in. I remember. I wonder they left it in as yeah. a monologue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's... Is it a two-act show still? Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know if we've performed it with an intermission. Because it's very fast. It's a really... See, I've only ever seen it's a, a really five minute kids I, Yeah, I also it, think so. the trick with this show is that because they're vignettes and songs, like, a lot of people will pull or... Yeah. That, and, like, just, and probably a lot of community theaters are mixing the revival and the original. Oh, even positively. though they're like, definitely not supposed to, but no. I'm sure they are. Well, and there's, um, a, there's a character in the original who's not in Patty. the revival. Mm-hmm. Pa- and not Peppermint not Patty. Peppermint. No, not Patty. Peppermint Patty. Straight just up Patty. Patty. I, which I, she it, confused me as a kid. Yeah. I, find, I found her confusing. But I can't believe that Sally's not in the original. That's so I know, funny I to always me. Found, but she's in the movie. She's in the movie, yeah. and she's in the yeah. revival, obviously. And yeah. it's, it Because Sally's a character. She's in all kinds of stuff and she's just not in that. And yeah, not so much Patty. Why? And Patty disappeared. But because by 1967, I guess the TV special had just aired. Like the, the first yeah. one, which is Christmas. Christmas uh, is first. The Charlie Brown Christmas was like 1965, I yeah. want to say. And so that had just happened. But that has Sally in it and does not does. have Patty, whoever that extra. No. Or maybe it does actually because there's all those little ancillary kids. Evan and I just watched it this Christmas and I hadn't watched it in years and I think we were talking about how there was no Mars. There's a, I think, I feel like there's Mars. There's no Mars no, and there's no, no Peppermint Patty. I'm trying to remember the scene because they go, he goes around to every character and gives them scripts. Oh, right. And it's, you know, Frida, the who's, innkeeper's wife, has naturally curly hair. and Who's the girl with the bun? The girl with the bun? Yeah, um, in the movie, in the Christmas in the movie, Christmas there's movie? like a girl with like a top knot. Oh man, I'm never gonna be able to identify somebody that way. I think it's oh, Violet. with black hair? Oh, that's Violet. Violet. Yes, that's Violet. And she's the one who says, "Oh no, we're doomed." Violet's kind of nasty, right? Violet's, Violet's kind of a snob. Have you ever seen the movie? You're a good man, Charlie Brown, the animated. Oh, film. That's the one we had. Oh, that's what you had. We had it on beta. On beta. That's what you had on beta. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought oh, you. Oh no, no, no. I watched the, um... the crap out of that. Okay. Yeah, I was a big fan. Okay. But there were some songs that were on the record that were not. On that in the movie in the movie okay because I've never seen the movie it's like hard to the, find the um, analyst song the doctor's in your song your favorite one yeah my is favorite not one. in the mm. movie I don't think that's not a kid's song 
Because I remember, no. the reason I remember is that I remember my mother being like, my song's not, and she always used to call it her song. <laughs> and she, I remember her being like, my song's not in this movie. <laughs> At least well, the one we had taped off well, that's of TV. True. Oh, taped so off TV who knows? on Beta. Like, yes. maybe yeah. So would was this cast album? Would you say this was sort of your gateway into theater? Oh yeah. As a thing, it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I di- I didn't admit I wanted to like I didn't know I wanted to do it like for my life until right. later. But it was definitely the thing that got me interested in performing. Okay. And did you do you sing songs from it for auditions and things? No. Did you never never. No, I don't Nothing? think I've ever used one. I've performed the um, the doctor is in, with, uh-huh. like at a party, for somebody like, you know, jobs you have when you're an right. actor. And like, I got hired to do somebody's birthday party, and we had to sing like her greatest hits. It was all roles she had played in high school. Or something. Oh my goodness! That was this woman was like turning fifty. I aspire to be that woman. When that I grow up. How awesome is that? I want that for myself. Well, that's like what's her um, name? You showed me the website of earlier. Oh, yes. We're talking about Barbara Minkus, who was supposed to play the role of Lucy in this show and then didn't. Right. And her website. Because she quit. It's important we should yes, say, right? She left. She left. Is her website clear. like, I almost played Lucy? No. no, 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 no. She claims that she did, which is intriguing. Like, What's she the website? She herself as the original. Don't I open it Barbara up. Min- I know us, I can't open it. Tell us the I think it's barbaraminkus.com. You go to barbaraminkus.com because the it's flash. It's magic. So yeah, what? So what? It, it it's fun. so. What do you think it is about this show though that has not only? I mean, it's clear what latched on to you that mm-hmm. you know you thought your mother was in it, and you know it was perfect for your age. But what is it about? I mean, the show, you know, as we say, I think like our really town, like well Fantastics, written. is performed all over mm-hmm. the place. Okay, I think it's a really well written show. And here's the: I purposefully did not didn't I didn't go back and listen to the album. I was like, I should oh, listen to okay. the album and do pre- and to prepare. And then I was like, no. I, like, want to talk about my memories of it without forming very recent opinions. Okay. Like, because I was worried that I would. But now I wish I had because I'm like, ah. But I just I think, think you remember it just fine. Because I did just listen to it today. And I've listened to it a bunch in the last week. And the, I, you, yeah, you're. It's just, like, like I said before, I think it's universally appealing. Here's a show about a guy who's, like, chronically depressed. The loneliest person well, on I, the I earth. I want to push it's back just on that. Pooped on by everyone. That who is knows. certainly true, but I don't think he's chronically depressed. The reason Charlie Brown works as a character, period, is because only very rarely does his situation get him down to actual sadness. Yeah, that's true. You're it's right. usually just banal everyday grumpiness that yeah, we he's all not sort of like have. An Eeyore. It's only mm-hmm. at the beginning of. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas where he's actually depressed. Yeah. And he's not depressed about No, he's just sort of like, nah. His friends, he's depressed about the fact that he doesn't feel the way he thinks he should feel at Christmas. So yeah. like, in in the show, there's two scenes where like actually, The Doctor's In is the only song where he's like actually down on his life situation and then Lucy drags him down lower oh, yeah, but then right. builds then him, back up, him back up again. So he's not, I would, I would because you, you said it before, I would say he's not chronically depressed. He's one of those people that are like, oh God, I'm about to say something really controversial and terrible but his, like, attitude makes you want to kick him a little sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's one of those sort of self-fulfilling, like... But that's part of why it works. You like, if you loved him, him exactly. unconditionally yeah, you would just, and just watched people crap on him all yeah. day, you'd want to beat up all yeah. his friends. Yeah, it's true. But instead, it's true. his friends are mean to him, but he's a little bit of a whiner. And just they're just mean enough, and he's just enough of a whiner yeah. that you're just like, well... Buck up, dude. And like, that's, like, good comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Seinfeld. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh-huh. it's just, like, 
if you separate them all out from the piece as a whole, you're like, I hate you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like, but yet together it works so well as, and, and I think the music is great. I think they're simple, well-written songs. You never find a fake rhyme. I, I really do think it's like the show, it's, it like helped me learn to appreciate comedy. Mm. On a different okay. level than little kids generally understand it. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a level of the fact that it, it didn't start out as a musical. Like it started out as Gessner writing these like really clever songs that were produced and given out to be kids songs. And then the eventual producers mm-hmm. of the Off-Broadway show were like, wait, this is hilarious. So it didn't come from a place yeah. of like, we have this story we need to tell. So let's yeah. fit in all these crappy rhymes yeah. that will get us where we need to go. It's like he's genuinely a great musician. And you totally hear that. And there's something about sort of writing for archetypes or mm-hmm. not that they're archetypes, but. Well, they are now. They I mean, are yeah. now. They are. I mean, yeah. but I'm I, like, when you're writing for a comic strip character, you don't have to try to write an internal monologue, right? Because the way comic strip characters are designed, they have they don't have internal monologue. They only have external monologues. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably fr- freedom. As a writer. Well, and you mentioned Seinfeld, which I think is an apt comparison because it does have that whole no hugging, no learning yeah. thing about it. Charlie Brown never learns. Nope. He's still going to try to kick Neither does anybody else. Every single time. Yeah. He never flies the kite. Yeah. He never does anything. And even at the end of the show, they put a button on the show by him finding that pencil with a little redheaded girl had chewed yeah. and being like, she's human. She's like me. But that's it. They don't get together. Like, yeah. He doesn't get her. He just has an internal realization yeah. Yeah. that like... Oh, we're all people. Yeah. He's still not going to go out and talk to her. No. But, like, but he's he is a little tiny bit better <laughs> than he was. Well, and there you go. When, uh, when we met him, which is sort of, it, it's funny that I said that because it makes me think of what Matthew Weiner said about the end of Mad Men. Like, he just wants, you want to leave all the characters just a little bit better or not than when mm-hmm. you found them. He was just a little bit better. Not perfect, not yeah. perfect, but just a tiny bit. And it is just a little bit of enough to make well, you go... And I think that's... I mean, the, I don't want to get down this path of, like, what's wrong with musicals, but I do <laughs> no, think... No, go, go, go. I do think that's, like, <laughs> the problem with a lot of new writing is that, like... you. Everyone's trying to force a story or force an emotion or force a feeling from the audience. But more than anything, they're trying to force everything to tie up. What's wrong with not learning anything except, you know what I mean? Like, what's, well, but he what's does wrong learn. with I mean, just it, changing a tiny bit? Like, I think thing. that's so interesting. I think the best shows are like that. Me I too. think that the best shows, the characters, I mean, some of them have tremendous realizations and some of them have like sure. big moves. But something that doesn't have a plot to it. I mean, Sunday in the Park with George is a perfect example of oh, a show yeah. that ends with the character just a tiny bit better mm-hmm. than when the show began. It's that simple little little thing. Yeah, it makes totally. you And it makes you pay attention to the rest of the yeah. world in a slightly yeah. different way. Th- there's place for Les Mis, too. Oh, right. You know, I mean, that's But that's, that's a plot-driven awesome. show. I mean, there's a difference exactly. there. Those are two different kinds of shows. Um, Les Mis is a, is a very plot-driven show. That is a character yeah. going through stuff yeah. and dying. Like, that's how that show ends. And everybody, he's... I mean, the novel's like, a thousand pages long. But Sunday in the Park with George, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, these shows don't... They don't have a plot. And all they have to do to get us... Because it is... You know, they just have to get us that little bit better. Because a big failing of shows without plot is that they don't end. They just yeah. stop. Mm-hmm. And with respect to, to the great Stephen Sondheim company kind of has that problem to a certain extent to me that it just kind of stops. Well, but he has a – he goes through a big – He does. Day. I mean, he has being alive. But that's not – like if the show quit then, I feel like we'd be – like if the curtain came down right after being alive 
oh, I truth. would jump out of my seat a little bit more than like yeah, you might, you that might tiny that. little book scene right. at the end. Well, the more I think about like finding this show when you're like an itty bitty person, because when you're older, you look at it critically, you think about all these this stuff. But when you're little, there are only this many characters. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to understand who's talking when. Mm-hmm. You understand their stories. You you feel like you know them. Whereas like if you're listening to some bigger crazy thing you might not be able to follow the story and then your gateway drug to theater is gone because it's just a cd of music whereas this one like here's yeah. these people and you get plus them. i had the script you know what i mean so uh-huh. there was mm-hmm. that the scripts too were so magical when you were little oh god they, yeah they were just like the secret how cool is that, that and the way it's something. written and it's all in courier and it's yeah. you know just like there's and it was like, like a, a sh- crappy, photocopied, written in. What, what you just said, Megan, makes me think of one of the things, one of the problems with Lippa's additions to mm. the revival is that the biggest problem with the show to me is the title. It doesn't make any sense. You're a good man, Charlie no, Brown. No. It's, it, it makes sense when you say it, but like the more you think about it, you're more like, I don't... That's no, why, not... like, why isn't it just called like Peanuts the Musical? And or... so Lippa... I think in response to that, wrote that coda on the end of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. A good man, yes, but I confess, I don't know what that means. It takes itself for a moment the wrong kind of... Wrong kind of meta. Wrong kind of, yeah, yeah, the wrong, it, it, it's just, And also, that's not something about? Charlie Brown would say. Nope. He doesn't think that much about himself. No, that's, he just goes like. Linus's job. Linus is the self-aware, Yeah, no, no, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, analyze. He lets other people sort of do the, he goes, why is this happening to me? Right. And then everyone tells him When he tries him to do the right thing, and yeah. he fails. Yeah. Like, the thing about Charlie Brown is that he knows what the right thing to yeah. do is, and he always, he trusts people. Yeah. And he always falls on his yeah. face, but he always trusts everybody. He still likes people at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, that that part was... And it's also like, again, people do this thing now. Lippa doesn't do it very often, so that's surprising, but he was young. And uh, it, like people do this thing now where they feel like they have to write every little thought. They have to write the subtext. Mm-hmm. And that's like a classic example of, yeah. of the writing the subtext, like to me. Like they can't just let something live and let you see in like my eye flash you know well it's amazing how many songs there are in shows like the cds oh, are God. stacked i'd rather have 10 10 songs that i'm like yeah about than like 40 that i right. that all blend into one yeah. then you might as well just through compose and call yeah. it a day <laughs> just write a, the rock opera you and i wonder how much of it. that is the fact that they have you can fit them all now on yeah. a recording really easily because, oh. like, I just got the deluxe edition of the original Fiddler, which has yes. um, the Zero Mustel one? one, which has one song on it that was not on the original album, the Rumor song, oh, yeah. which was cut for time. It was just cut, but yeah. it didn't fit on the album. It's so also it was, not a good song. And the wedding, uh, the wedding dance. Those those songs were were left off the album purely for time, and now with CDs, and then and now digital, you can put as much. And it's a rare show that is worth two discs, to me. Yeah, Um, I agree. I I think that there are some shows that I mean, recently, and this is going to come up a lot. I mean, Hamilton is absolutely worth two discs. I've I've never listened to it. Okay, well, you can enjoy it. I will. I will. It's one of those things that, like, I just um, haven't. It'd be so great if you could... I know I'm going to love it. It's it'd be not so great if you, could, like, if you could not, if you could see it without hearing that's it. That's why. Yeah. Because I'm, now I'm like, well, everyone listens to... You know, I'm just not going to. Because it's easy to avoid. It's my son's favorite album in the world. I know Oscar loves, would love it too, but yeah. I kind of... And at this point, I'm like fully committed and... Yeah, because when I went to see... how cool would that be? It never happens. But like when I went to see Fun Home 
um, in New York. I had heard the CD a thousand times because it's incredible. And But I was sitting in a packed house at Circle in the Square, and it didn't occur to me until like midway through the show that most of the people sitting around me... Were hearing it for the first time. Right. Just came to see it because it won Best yeah. Musical. Yeah. So there are scenes in that show that are, I mean, gut-wrenching. Oh, yeah. And like... There, the, the the one I remember never, like I will never forget this moment of, of live theater is when I'm watching uh, Judy Kuhn, my queen, long may she reign, uh, sing Days and Days, and she gets to the line at the very end of the song where she says, "Don't you come back here." And there was an audible gasp from the people behind me who oh were God. just like, "What? Like what is happening?" And when she said the next line, "I, I didn't raise you to give away your day." Me. They there was this sense of like that's the like this this beautiful release that happened all around me of these people really having a moment cool. of theater and yeah, so awesome. if you can go see it like to me I feel that way about movies I feel that way about plays I feel that way about musicals if you can go and know nothing mm-hmm. and just see it completely fresh you you will have a very honest oh god experience. yeah I saw Book of Mormon. When it was just open. Oh, that'd be amazing. And we didn't know. I mean, we I had a friend in it, and we we knew it was going to be good, so mm-hmm. we got some house seats, and we were like, I couldn't. It got to the point where, like, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move, and I couldn't close my mouth. Like, I just. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think if I saw the cartoon before anything else, but I don't I think I did. I was that if you had an experience with the Because the cartoon came out first. in what? Would you say the, the late 60s? You know, something tells me maybe I did see the cartoon. Yeah. But they're all tied in because I'm sure I watched the cartoon and my mother said, right. ooh, and then got out got the out record. Got out the album. Uh, that's yeah. probably yeah. what happened. Because you wouldn't have put the record but on I don't have But I don't have like, the same connection to thinking about the cartoon the way I think about like I have this I I still love vinyl I love vinyl records and like there's something about this like the way a record smells and like opening a record and Mm -hmm. it's so big full book with it like Mm -hmm. a full Mm -hmm. booklet and then having the script and then you have to get up and go switch to act two and like that's cool I think the next cast album I owned was on a CD so it was years and years later I mean I I probably I really probably was like 12 or 13 by the time I had another cast album and I think it I think now that I'm thinking about it it might have been Phantom big shows didn't come to my town you know Mm -hmm. so the first thing I ever saw like that was a professional musical I think was Big River when the tour came to Utica, New York. Mm. And then we went to Toronto to see Phantom. Wow. With Cole Wilkinson? Yes. Wow. He's, he was great. Oh. He's great. He was great. And I remember I had, I had heard the Michael Crawford album and then I saw Cole Wilkinson and I was like, what? Yeah. This is way better. Yeah. Is there a yeah. best album for the Toronto Phantom? Yeah, because oh, we had it. Did you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Much better. Is it really much yeah, it's, better? It's a lot it's better. Cold. It's I th- all cold. And, and yeah, the Christine, it's so not cool. Sarah Brightman, yeah. bless. It's this whoever, Poor Sarah. whoever's Christine in Toronto had this like beautiful, pingy, mm-hmm. like crystal clear. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty That's delightful, as I recall. But, I love Cole Wilkinson from uh, the Evita concept album. That's my favorite Cole Wilkinson performance. He I don't know Shea that. You know, the, I don't know that score very well at all. Evita? I know. Oh, I I'm. I, no, it's it's yeah. it's 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 his lordship's. I didn't even know there best w- score. I didn't even know there was a. Um, There's a concept album they did. It's Colin uh, Wilkinson plays Che, Julie Covington plays Evita, and I can't remember who plays 
Perone. I will say, surprising for its time, Your Good Man Charlie Brown is not particularly objectionable. Like, you think about it, and you're like, there's nothing happening here that is, like, inappropriate. Well, no, the source like, material is Other than, like, bullying Charlie Brown. No, it's but like, it's not even it's really that bullied. Fun. I mean, it's yeah. like, I think if you start, That's like, we, we put all these things on it, I think, this sort of sense of, like, his depression and him being bullied, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. really just, it's just people being... We are projecting. People. people. We, we do. We I do. think we do. That's why it gets produced so much. Like, it's... It's good, clean fun, and it also is, like, there's no restrictions, really. Like, the revival was a big deal because they cast, like, mm-hmm. a, well, they not to rap a and full group Wong of white and, people. I mean, yeah, yeah. it was... B.D. Wong and Stanley Wayne Mathis was Schroeder, right. and he's African-American. Like, right. And it's so easy to do that in this show, which I think is cool because they never looked like the original characters. It's, like, one of the big things they talked about with the 1967 is it's, like, they don't actually look like them. No, Gary Berghoff looks okay. nothing like Charlie. And they yeah. didn't shave his head. They didn't no. put him in, They didn't even put him in the shirt. Oh, he's just wearing like a red. They're all wearing like turtle orange. Yeah, Yeah. it looks like the original production of Merrily. Like they're just wearing sweatshirts and jeans and like hats. And Snoopy has like a turtleneck on. Right, and he has a scarf for the Red Baron scene. But yeah, they don't make them. They don't try to make them look like. Mm -mm. They're just sort of. No, it's very like the Godspell principle. It's mm-hmm. a bunch of cubes, mm-hmm. a bunch of people in primary colors. Right. Or the Fantastics Principle. It's yeah. the same. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's a room, it's a set, it's a piano, yeah. and, and yeah. here we go. Yeah. And Happiness, and Happiness is a gorgeous song. I really think It that... is, except I was teaching it to a bunch of little kids, mm-hmm. and Evan and I were teaching the class together, and we were like, oh, let's do Happiness. It's really easy, but like trying to stage Happiness... Oh, it's like trying to stage day by day. Yeah. Nothing, there's nothing, nothing to cling happening. to. Yeah. Like you're just listing a bunch of things that are that are neat. It's like, it's still one of my favorite songs ever, but yeah. to try, like, as an actor, happiness... Oh, it's useless. Trying to act like <laughs> happiness is morning and evening, daytime and nighttime. Time two. <laughs> right, that's And love. it thinks very slowly. Yes, it does. It's a very slow song. You're just like, sweet Jesus, and try to get, trying to get, like, a bunch of five-year-olds to stand still and have interesting faces. It's got that hand-in-hand moment. Yeah, that's Everybody's nice. Happiness Anyone and anything at all that's loved by you. But so, is there anything we didn't touch on with Charlie Brown? Jeez, for you? I don't think so. If anyone wants to put me in it, that, that would be good. You'll what be I really want to do is the original version, add my philosophy, take out Red Baron. Take out Red, okay. That's what I would want. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea that I want theater company that right. I plan to start. <laughs> I think it's an ageless cast also, though, too. Mm-hmm. I think Although as long I, as, I think if everybody, everyone just has to be comparable ages. The same. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As long as everybody's the same age, I don't think it matters. Yeah, because there isn't also even any demanding physicality in nope. it. Like, you mean, I mean, Snoopy, you can go as nuts or not as you want mm-hmm. with it, I think. Because the other, the, th- the only thing we haven't talked about yet is the fact that this score was written on spec. That Gessner wrote yeah. almost all the songs without the rights and was trying to get the rights as he was writing the songs. That's awesome. I and then that. eventually just sent a tape of yeah. him singing the songs to Charles Schultz. And when Schultz heard the songs, he went, absolutely, and the rights happened, That's and then the concept album fabulous. happened. Fabulous. Yeah, so this is a show really written and just was, for the love of the he game. He was pretty young at the time. He was, 20, play this part. he was 29 when the show opened. So okay, so he wrote it when he was probably in the mid-20s. In his mid-20s, yeah. That's a baby. Yeah, yeah. 
And, like, for love of the characters. Yeah. That's what's so intriguing and delightful. With no anticipation of this being I produced. Love that. But it also, I think, gives... I think he did the appropriate amount of work for a show written on spec. Oh, yeah. It's not overscored. It's not over, He's like, no, no, this is one yeah. one bit, two verses, three... Oh, the songs are short, too. Yeah. Very short they songs. They are very short. Yeah. Well, so is the comic strip, Right. Though. It all fits in the same... It, it really works. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's simple. Yeah. Well, and he sings uh, Linus on the original concept album. So, listeners, if I you w- end up getting that, that's literally I can't him. find it. I can't find the original. It doesn't exist album. anymore. You would have to get it on like eBay for hundreds of dollars. Okay. Um, oh. They, it, I think when the 1967 MGM came out, they, they pulled s- it. They pulled it and yeah. stopped. That's not. The that's not uncommon. That well, they would... and because they were both MGM albums, so I think right. MGM was they like, why would we have up. competition? Let's uh, have. Yeah. My mom, well, that's I what, think, is hoarding that. Well, that happened. Album, that happened with with hair because that was the original. The original album of hair was of the off Broadway Joseph Papp version mm. which is the version i grew up with because my dad just had it he happened to buy like the limited edition it's the white one no it's the it's the red one which has the the native american cutouts on the front oh. with the two people in it which no. they then put out on cd that's the one i had okay the white one is the broadway we one. had the white one on record and then i had the one you're talking about on a cd yes it like came out college. on cd yes it came out on cd okay. later they okay. put it out in a kind of deluxe edition okay. type situation well this was great tracy thank you so much this for coming so on fun. down thanks for inviting me of course what are you doing now what can you I'm uh, about to do 110 in the shade at Ford's. Oh, nice. Speaking of the fan, it's the closest I will ever get to the Fantastics. To the Fantastics, Fantastics. it is, because it's Harvey Schmidt and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Tom, Tom Jones. Jones. Yeah. Not that Tom Jones. No, but the unfortunately, Jones. it opens middle of March and All runs right. till middle of May. It's a long run. And you have you have an, a, a record album, LPCD type I do. thing I called do. Because? It's called Because. Tracy Oliveira, it's called Because. Called because and you I have can a get website, TracyLynnOliveira.com. The original cast was recorded at the Media Production Center at American University. Special thanks to Tom Fish, Jeffrey Madison, and the tireless staff of students that work here. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OriginalCastPod, and you can email us at OriginalCastPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please subscribe to the original cast on iTunes, and while you're there, please leave us a comment and a rating so other people can find the show. Thank you to Tracy Oliveira for coming on down here and braving the dark. I guess it's not really cold outside. No, just dark. For talking to us. On behalf of Megan Westman, I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. (laughs) 